Welcome to the Unabridged Podcast. I'm Ashley. And this is Jen. Join us for bookish episodes and check out our website, unabridgedpod.com, where you can find lots of new bookish content to grow your TBR. Sign up for our newsletter to find out more about online book discussions and upcoming events. Find us on Patreon for extra unabridged content. Join us on Instagram and Facebook at Unabridged Pod and message us there or see our website to get plugged into the Unabridged community. You want opinions about books? We've got them. Hi, and welcome to Unabridged. This is episode 245. Today, we are discussing our reading challenges from 2022 and our plans for 2023. And we wanted to share those with you. Before we get started today, I wanted to remind you that this season, we are focused on Patreon. If you're looking for more unabridged content, we release at least a bonus episode each month. And those come out on the first of each month through an RSS feed. And for $5 a month, you can sign up to get that bonus content. Sometimes we have some extra things as well, but you'll certainly at least be getting one episode a month. To get there, you just go to patreon.com slash unabridged pod. There's also a link right there in the show notes. So if you're listening to us on your podcast app, you can just click through on the show notes. And we appreciate that support so much. It just covers our costs, things like our website, our recording platform, stuff like that. And so we appreciate that support and we love creating that bonus content for you. Before we get into our reading challenges, which I'm excited to discuss, we are going to share our bookish check-in. Jen, what are you reading? So I am reading Deanna Rayborn's Killers of a Certain Age, and this book is so much fun. So it is about four women who are 60, and they have been assassins since the 70s, and they work for this mysterious kind of international organization that's called the museum that has a bunch of people who their initial goal was to kill former Nazis who had escaped the law basically and were living on their own and a lot of them had stolen artwork as as part of the Nazi regime and so their initial goal of the museum is to kill those Nazis and to get the artwork back but once that endeavor had not completely been met, but was mostly met, they decided that they were going to take out people in the world who were doing unethical things and basically to use assassins to make the world a better place in ways that the law does not always do. So these four women are quite young when they're initially recruited. It is at that time in the 70s, as you can imagine, a very masculine, very white group of assassins and so they're trying to mix it up with these four young women and so the book flashes back and forth to when they first joined and then their retirement cruise that they are taking to celebrate their retirement and so they're all a little achy now and some of them have lost partners some of them have never married and or had children and they're wondering if those were the right choices they're, they're basically at a time when they're reflecting back well they're on this cruise and suddenly they realize that someone on the cruise is trying to kill them <laughs> so they have to you know use these skills that they've developed over decades and try to save themselves but also to figure out who on earth is trying to kill these four older women anyway the, the four women are each unique. We see most of it through Billy, and she is someone who has chosen to remain single, though there was 
a great love at one point that she chose not to pursue. But you see the way they trust each other, but they're also kind of like sisters and they annoy each other. And while they're trying to both escape death and find out who wants them dead, they're sort of bantering back and forth and picking at each other and they know everybody's soft spots. So it's just, even though it's about death and assassins, it's really fun. It is the best kind of heist novel. I love the focus on older women. And yeah, it, it is just a lot of fun. I cannot wait to finish. This is my first book by Rayborn, but I know she has a lot of, there's a mystery series that I've heard is great. So I will definitely be checking out more of her work after reading Killers of a Certain Age. <laughs> I hadn't heard of that, Jen, but I'm totally going to put that on my library TBR. You would love I, it. I would imagine. Yeah, it sounds fun. I'm reading the print, but I imagine this one would be a lot, as long as the narrator's good, I think it would be a lot of fun on audio because it's just one of those, it never stops. And I think if you had the right voices, some of the conversations between them are just hilarious. So yeah, it, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a nice read for this time of year, so... How about you, Ashley? What are you reading? One of the books, I actually just finished this one last night, but I wanted to share, and it's Carlos Hernandez's Sal and Gabby Break the Universe. This is in the Rick Riordan Presents series, so that is something that Jen shared with me, and I've read a couple of the others in that. So this is the first I've read of Hernandez, but I've read some others in that imprint. And I absolutely love this. Like I said, I just finished it last night, but it is, Sal is at a new school and he's in Miami. He is Cuban American and he is at this new school. It's an art school and he's really into magic. Like that is his thing. And there, there are, all the arts are explored and the kids love being at school and are really passionate about being there and pursuing their different areas of interest, but he does all these magic tricks and he's really great at them. But we, we come to find out very quickly that he can do magic in its own right. I mean, he knows the illusions and all that kind of stuff and he's really perfected the craft, but also he is able to reach into parallel universes and grab things out of them. So he can do magic like sleight of hand kind mm -hmm. of stuff, but he also has this ability that other people don't have <laughs> that sometimes can level up his magic abilities, as you might guess. And so the premise here is that there are parallel universes, you know, like pages in a book. And so there are lots of different, very similar cells out there in very similar universes and then there are places where there's no Sal there's no you know his family's not there but he is able to just kind of reach in he can open these little portals he can reach in and grab something and then come back so <laughs> there's that part that is fascinating and Gabby is one of the first people he encounters at the school and she very much runs the school so she is a very focused student but she also is just the the opening incident is that he basically gets bullied by somebody um yes Mani is the person who kind of bullies him and he does this magic trick that involves a small reach into <laughs> a parallel universe and she wants to figure out how he's done it so she defends yes Mani to the principal she is like 
um, you know, really standing up for him, even though he did something wrong. And she agrees he did something wrong, but she is trying to, like, keep him from getting – he's been in trouble a ton. And so with the principal, she's trying to keep him from getting expelled. And it's clear that the principal doesn't want to expel him either, but she feels like she's already given him every ultimatum possible, and it's at the point where he has – continually had incidents that have gotten him in trouble. So this is kind of the opening situation. We find out, so, you know, Sal's new. He's got the magic trick that he thinks is just, like, a cool thing to do. But then some kids are like, oh, my gosh, he practices dark magic, you know, (laughs) like all this stuff that he doesn't think he does. Right. But then the kids are like, what is going on with this person? Well, In addition to kind of running the school, Gabby also runs a newspaper, the school newspaper. And so she does this like expose on Sal. And so anyway, they get to know each other. And I think the thing that is really striking to me in the beginning is just that Sal is just a good, nice kid. And even in hard circumstances, he is able to see the good in people and give them a second chance and he can root for people who have been kind of crappy to him, you know? I mean, so there's just a lot of stuff like that that I thought was really sweet. And we find out very early that he lost his mom several years prior. She passed away and he's still reeling from that. And there are some things with the parallel universe that some of which he has a little control over and some of which he doesn't that come into play as far as, missing his mom. And so there's some interesting stuff there, but he just has a sweet family. He has a person he calls American stepmom, who is his his dad's current wife. And there's a lot of fun things with naming in the book. So like that name makes it seem like he doesn't like her, but like he adores her. He adores her, but she just makes it so clear up front that she doesn't want to replace his mom, that she's never trying to be who his mom was. And so, you know, that's how they come up with this American stepmom name for her. And so I just, I love the the way that the community works there. I love seeing it all come together. He has type 1 diabetes, and that is a really hard thing for him to navigate also in general, but especially at the new school where people don't know that about him. So then, like, he might he get he it, in the first couple of days he sent to the principal's office like a million times and so um one of them is for eating skittles and <sighs> so you know it's that is that just like educating about what that looks like and how that affects his daily life and so i just think there's so much going on there and we think we know everything about gabby but we quickly find out that our family has some major things going on that he doesn't know about and and i just i loved i mean i loved everything about it. I loved it when I started reading it. And then, like I said, I just finished last night and I was like sad it was over. There is another one in the series. I think it is um, Sal and Gabby fix the universe. And so I will be visiting the next book for sure. I mean, I just thought they were great characters, super world building and some really interesting things that are explored through Hernandez and the way that he creates the story. So so again, that is Carlos Hernandez's Sal and Gabby break the universe. I have that one on my shelf. I will have to dive in soon. And wait, did you say you read the book or did you listen? 
I read it. I okay. read this one. I got it from the library. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's a good one. I'm sure I bet it would be good on audio mm-hmm. as well, but I did read that one. We are going to be talking today. First, we're going to reflect back on our reading challenges from 2022, and then we'll talk about our new unabridged challenge, and then the ones that we personally have selected for the upcoming year and what those look like. So Jen, do you want to talk back on, talk about your 2022 challenge? Sure. So I did four challenges in 2022. I did our unabridged pod reading challenge. I did 22 backlist in 2022, which is just, I picked 22 books off my shelf that I hadn't read yet to read them. That helps me resist the new and shiny. I did the tournament of books. So that's um, 18 books for March that are then in a tournament style bracket. And then I also did Camp TOB, which is six books over the course of the summer that then may later appear on the Tournament of Book shortlist. And then I did Read Austin 22, which was my personal goal at first to read Austin's six major novels over the course of the year. So I did two months for each, but I ended up making that a buddy read and had, you know, a pretty large group reading along with me. So just reflecting the unabridged pod reading challenge, I think we're always trying to balance, and we'll talk about this more when we talk about our 2023 challenge, we're always trying to balance books that are sort of easy gets, like we have categories that are fairly easy. So we had an audiobook category this year, which for me is easy because I listen to a lot of audiobooks, but our goal is for people who don't listen to audiobooks, maybe they'll give it a try. And I I really like that one overall. The one category I kind of wish I'd done better on was reading a book in translation. So I knocked that one out pretty early in the year with a Frederick Bachman book. And I wish I had pushed myself to read an author I hadn't before. So I sort of think I may, even though it's not officially on the reading challenge again, I may try to do that again this year. Um, That one I didn't push myself quite as much as I'd wanted. The backlist challenge I always like just because I am very, I do a lot of buddy reads on Instagram. I am super drawn to the new and shiny and the buzzed about books, which sometimes means I have books on my shelf that I've really wanted to read for a long time, but I just haven't gone there. Um, Tournament of books I've done for years. I love that. That one So those 18 books, they do a great job of building in a lot of variety. So I always start when they announce the shortlist, I'll have read some of them because those are books I've heard about. And then there are always some books I have never heard about, authors I haven't heard about. And I love that, the way that pushes me to read different things and the conversations surrounding those books on their website are just fabulous and represent a lot of different perspectives. I always end up seeing the books that I've read in a new way because reading the opinions of the judges who then choose what who which books move forward into the next level, they're always really interesting. So I love that. The Austin one, because I was reading along with a group, I set weekly page numbers that we would read. And I don't, I'm normally a fast reader. And so I don't read slowly very often. And so it was a really interesting exercise to spread each of these novels out over two months, only allowing myself to read the amount that was assigned for that week because I didn't want to spoil anything in our buddy reads. And that was really interesting um, just because forcing yourself to read slowly I think activates different parts of your brain and different parts of you as a reader. And, you know, there was always something suspenseful that I couldn't wait to find out what happened, but I had to force myself to stop. 
And that involved a lot of rereading as well. I'd read three of the six before. And so rereading those was a beautiful experience, but reading the Austin I hadn't before was great. Yeah, so I I think my challenges did a nice job of balancing books that I already owned or books that I'd wanted to read for a long time with things that weren't necessarily on my radar before. So I was I was pleased with with the way my reading went last year. Yeah, how about you, Ashley? Well, my reading experience was very different than Jen's. <laughs> yeah. So if you're listening and you're like, oh, well, I didn't do that, then that's okay. I'm here to be on that side. Uh, <laughs> um, listener... <laughs> Listeners know that I had a very tumultuous 2022. I got my breast cancer diagnosis in the beginning of February. So that derailed all parts of my life. And one of those was certainly reading. And so it has been really nice as we've come to the later part of the year to, I have read so many when we were looking back on our favorites for the year and doing our awards episode. And I did my bookish fave on some of my favorites. A lot of my books that I really, really loved were recent. And I told Jen, I felt like it was partially recency bias, but I also think it's just that I'm back into really enjoying reading our life as, you know, not only did I have that diagnosis, I had surgery, I'm thankfully doing well, but that was a lot. And my surgery was a major one. I had bilateral mastectomy. And so that just takes a lot of like physical recovery time. And I also was trying to keep my business afloat during all of that, which was a lot to navigate. And so there wasn't a lot of time to read, but I also just struggled to read. So it was both parts, but it's been nice to see that. And then our family moved. So that happened in the summer. We moved to a different state. Uh, And so people who have moved know that moving is very challenging, but I have discovered that moving with children is a level of challenge I have never encountered before. And that was a lot. But anyway, I, you know, now that we're kind of I would say we're a long way from settled, but we certainly are like <laughs> less insane than the earlier in the month, earlier months of the year. And so that's made me realize that I'm back into loving a lot of books. and I've read a, re- a lot of really great things lately. And so it's been nice to see. So that all impacted my reading. And I did, of course, complete our unabridged challenge. Yay. But <laughs> largely, largely that was because, you know, we did episodes to highlight and things like that. And we set up the challenge. So it was stuff that, like Jen said, we try to put things that we think will challenge different readers on different categories. But in general, it's stuff that we're pretty comfortable with and that's in our wheelhouse, even though some of them do push us. I mean, I think the one that reading something before the year 2000 made me realize how often I read things that are you know, that are published more recently. And so, you know, there were some on there that I was more aware that I don't read very many things in the category, but I comfortably finished that. I also did the uncorked challenge. That one is a month to month. In the past, it has been a month to month challenge. I'll talk about this coming one is different, but it always has been. And in general, I've liked that because I struggle with pacing on my own. So I do like ones that where I'm only doing one at a time. But we'll say this year, that was hard for me because there were months that I read so little that I definitely wasn't reading something for that challenge specifically. So then I wound up with kind of a snowball of needing to dig myself out in the fall. But I did. I read every single month, except I'm still working on one. November was one from Thailand. I love Thailand. I've, I've been there. I love the Thai culture. But I struggled 
to find one through the library and then I didn't really commit. And so we're recording a little bit before the end of the year and I still plan to finish, but that one is the only one that I have not read at this time. So I did 11 of the 12. I felt pretty good about that. I've just had to to be like, it's okay. If I'm reading it all, good for me. And if I'm not, that's okay too. Um, And so I, you know, have definitely done some mental work in that space this year. And that's been good for me to kind of loosen up on stuff. I'm a completionist by nature. And so it's been good to kind of be like, ah, it's okay, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and I'll do what I can and I'll enjoy what I am able to. And I also had listed that I would potentially do the 22 backlist in 22. And that did not happen. Not a bit. (laughs) Not not a little bit. Not at all. Uh, So so that was one where I wasn't as committed to it, but I had thought I might do some. And I just haven't even you know, begun to touch the books on my shelf. I've done a lot of reading from the library and listening to audiobooks and, you know, just haven't really read from my shelves. And I mean, our books have been boxed up also. Mm -hmm. And so we boxed up in the spring before we moved. And then we had some beautiful built-ins at our old house that we certainly are missing. And so we just don't have the space to put a lot of them out. So that's part of it too. But Mm -hmm. anyway, it's been a year of finding what works and, you know, figuring out which books I'm enjoying and then reading more that are like them. And so I've done a lot of that to kind of help keep momentum going. So it's been good. So all things considered, it's okay. (laughs) Yeah, I was gonna say, I think it's okay. I mean, I, we both like to finish things and mark things off and complete things. But I think it's also okay for anyone out there who is like, I set this challenge and didn't meet it. If it pushed you to read it all, that's okay. That's a good thing. I mean, I think that's when we set these goals at the beginning of the year, they are goals, but it's not failure if you don't meet every part of it. I think if we just think we want to push ourselves as readers, these are our goals. That's okay if you don't check every single box. So Yeah. And I feel like sometimes with challenges, it's just nice to have something that guides your reading. And so with the Uncork Challenge, for example, it was nice to be like, like I went back to, I've talked about this, um, the Graham Simpsons, the Rosie Project, like that whole series. I went back and read book two and book three. And that was partially because one of the challenge, one of the months was a book set in Australia. And so then I picked that series back up, which I absolutely loved and became one of my favorites of the year was, you know, going back into that series. And so I wouldn't have done it without the challenge. So I think it is nice to have ways to anchor yourself as a reader and the challenges are just one way to do that to kind of help guide so that because there's so many choices out there and a lot of times not everyone has this problem but it's easy to get overwhelmed by what to choose and so sometimes challenges are helpful in that way too Mm -hmm. definitely we're going to go ahead and share about 2023 challenges so we share we've let you know how things went last time and then we want to go ahead and talk about what's coming and first we'll talk about the unabridged challenge for 2023 and I'm gonna let Jen share about that and then we'll talk about what we've chosen all right well first I should say that you can find more information on our website so we have a lot of materials there if you want to participate in the unabridged reading challenge we have a printable list You can join our groups. We have one on Instagram and one on Facebook where we can share ideas if there's a category you're finding to be challenging. Um, We have everything set up on StoryGraph. If you participate in StoryGraph, you can set 
You can choose the challenges you want to participate in. And so unabridged is on there. But once again, as I said for this year, we have some categories on here that we would think would be pretty easy for almost anyone to read. And then we have some that we hope push ourselves and the people who participate. We will, over the course of the year, be addressing a lot of these categories as episodes or as bookish faves on our website, unabridgedpod.com. So if you are searching for books that meet these requirements, we'll be helping you out with that throughout the year. All right. So first we have a book from an awards list and we each have awards lists that we look at all the time. So we'll be sharing those. Then we have a collection that can be a short story, essay or poetry collection. We have a book recommended by a friend. And for that one, we thought you could either ask someone you know in real life or if you want us to recommend a book, we would be happy to do that. A book by an indigenous author a YA retelling, a memoir, an LGBTQ plus romance, a mystery novel or collection, a classic by a BIPOC author, a work of speculative fiction. And so that could be dystopian, sci-fi, fantasy, near future, alternate history. Speculative fiction is this sort of umbrella under which all of these other categories fit. A book about food, And then a book set in a country you want to visit written by someone from that country. So yeah, I think we have a nice nice range of options there. The way you navigate this is totally up to you. So if you want to double dip, like if you read a YA retelling that is also a book recommended by a friend, you know, that is totally up to you. Everybody runs their own challenge. We have a story template so you can share the books that you've read on Instagram if you'd like to do that. And if you tag us, you can use the hashtag unabridged pod reading challenge and you can tag us at unabridged pod. And we love to share those just to help other readers who are also searching for books in these categories. So yeah, actually, I don't know if, if there's something I've forgotten or anything you want to add there. No, yeah, we kind of pulled readers to get some input about how many and what topics to choose. And so that's how we wound up with what we have. And we did decide that while we weren't going to assign a category for each month, that it was nice if we tried to do the best of both worlds there with the pacing, that we will try to highlight something through as we go throughout so that you're kind of checking them off your list as you go through the year. So we'll help with that as, as we go. What about your other challenges, Jen? What are you planning to do this year? Well, I am not taking any big steps in a new direction. So I'm, again, doing the backlist challenge. So this year it's 23, backlist in 2023. At some point, I realize the years are going to outpace the number of backlist books I want to read. I'm thinking I'll go up to 24 and then I'll reevaluate. But anyway, I've chosen my 23 books that I hope to read in 2023 from my shelves. That's on Instagram if you want to check that out. I'm again going to do the tournament of books. So they have released their short list. I have that linked. We'll have that linked in show notes if you're interested. And again, that is set up like book bracket. So they have 18, um, 16 will make it to the official bracket. And then through the month of March, they have judges who choose which moves forward from each pairing of books. And then I am continuing the Jane Austen challenge. This one I debated about for a while, but this is going to be Read Austen 2023. And what I'm doing is 
it's kind of a mix of things. So Jane Austen has some short works that I haven't read before. I wanted to dive into a biography of Austen. And then there are just so, so many Austen retellings. So I've chosen some that I've had on my shelf for a while. We're going to read Sonali Dev's she has four books that are retellings of four of Austin's books. So we're, we did one on the podcast a while back, Pride, Prejudice, and Other Flavors. And so I'll reread that one and then we'll have three more. So basically we're looking this, this time at a book a month. It'll be a little faster paced than read Austin 2022. But the only classic sort of that we're reading would be Austin's own short works. So I think that'll go faster. Yeah, so, and then toward the end of the year, I have some TBD months, so I'll be taking nominations from the people who are in the Read Austin 2023 Buddy Read groups. If you're interested in joining, you can just message me and I can add you to the group, but I think that'll be a fun way just to kind of wrap up my consideration of Austin and the way she's still still dominant in our in our reading, and, and yeah, the retellings can be a lot of fun from a different from different perspectives. But yeah, no, no new challenges. I'm just sort of continuing the ones I've been doing. Those have really worked for me. How about you, Ashley? Yeah, similarly, I'm not doing a lot of anything different this year. And so I am playing to ours, of course, and I'm going to do the Uncorked Reading Challenge again. Christine is the curator of that and the leader of that with the Uncorked Librarian. She is in Asheville. So there are sometimes some live events and things. And now I'm I'm only about an hour from Asheville now. So that's an area I know from having been in South Carolina in the past. Asheville's in North Carolina, but it's right on the border. And it's an area that I love. And so I'm just going to stay connected. I've really liked the challenge, first of all. And then secondly, I do think that there might be some in-person things that I, I didn't pursue at all before because it's far enough away from where we were in Virginia to be not feasible, but it is an area that I, it's a city I love. It's an area I love and it's a place we spend a lot of time going to now that we're closer back by. So I plan to do that. I will say that they have changed theirs quite a bit. So while it was month to month in the past, this time they're doing these bingo cards. So there's a lot more control over how much you choose to read as a participant. So you might do, you know, the you might try to do the whole card. It's in three month intervals, or you might just be doing like a bingo row, basically. So there's a lot of control for the reader as far as how much or how little they're reading for the challenge. So I'm going to do that one. I'm still like I did last year. I'm still going to think about doing the backlist. <laughs> there are a lot of re- I'm not going to commit. I'm just going to think about it. There are a lot of reasons that I really want to do that because exactly what Jen said about shiny new books and also because I've moved away from print. I I had already Mm -hmm. moved away some before we went overseas and then we went overseas and I was away from my books for so long. I just got really dependent on my e-reader and so I just read so much digitally now and I love, I still love the feeling of reading print books, but I am just out of the habit. And so I haven't purchased many print books recently for that reason and also the all the shelf problems and all the things I've shared about um, not having anywhere to put anything. So that's part of it, but it's also just that I still have a lot of print books that I very much want to read. And so I do want to take a look at that and examine that even if I don't do a full 23. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of on my radar as far as just wanting to 
assess which ones I'd like to read and making a stack. And again, maybe I won't do 23, but if I did 10, that's still Mm -hmm. potentially more than I would have done otherwise. So, you know, that's something I've just in recent years become aware of that I don't read. I have just really shifted. It's like, you know, one book choice at a time. You realize it's been quite a while since you read a print book or I'll be reading it for a very long period of time as opposed to either my audiobooks or my ebooks. So anyway, that's something to think about, but mostly just sticking with what's worked for me too and doing the Uncorked challenge and then our Unabridged Pod challenge. And I'm excited for that. When I just wanted to shout out, if you're looking for other challenges to do, of course, we hope that you'll do the Unabridged Reading Challenge, but there are some other places you can find challenges. So Jules Buono and Girl XOXO, and we'll have these linked in the show notes, both put out these sort of master lists of reading challenges. They've both been kind enough to include unabridged on theirs. But yeah, if you're just looking for different types of reading challenges, or if you have certain areas of your reading that you want to focus on, those have a lot of options. And it can just be nice to feel like you're going at those challenges with a community. And so I think that's what any of these challenges can offer. Storygraph, which I mentioned earlier, also I will have this linked as well, has a page where you can just find reading challenges. And again, then you're setting up the challenge in Storygraph, which is sort of like a different version of Goodreads where you can track your reading, but you are then also sort of sharing your progress. You're tracking your progress and then sharing your progress if you want to on Storygraph as well. So yeah, I think those are other good places to look if you know that you want something more but aren't quite sure what that is. Awesome. Yeah. And that is, I use, I think it was Girl XOXO's list that I found the Uncork Challenge with the first time. So yeah, I think it's really nice to be able to look at the different kinds of challenges. Mm-hmm. Think about yourself as a reader and make a choice that way. We wanted to end today with our Give Me One, and this is, the topic today is a non-bookish goal or challenge for 2023. Jen, what's something for you? (laughs) This is so hard. Uh, I feel like I'm going to say this thing and then qualify it. So the whole work-life balance question has been a real challenge in the second half of 2022. Just, you know, as a teacher, that is one of those all-consuming jobs. And I made some changes so that it would not be all consuming. And then that all consumption (laughs) sort of crept back in. So I'm just looking at ways to put some systems into place to help manage that for myself and to not constantly feel like I'm running at a deficit to feel like I have some control over it. Now, yeah, that's quite a quite a goal. And I realize in some ways it's unrealistic, but that's sort of what I'm starting with. How about you, Ashley? I think something that I am really wanting to do, I similarly to signing up for challenges, something that really worked for me in the past with exercise is to run races. And I loved doing that. I did that for a lot of my adult life until I had kids. And from the moment I was pregnant with, well, it kind of, I, in, in 2011, 2010, 2011, I did a marathon and 2010, I think was the marathon. I think I ran one more pretty substantial race after that. And then at that I had overdone it. <laughs> and so it, I was on the decline anyway. And then we moved and I was pregnant and my first daughter was born in 2014. And so, and we moved to Virginia where it was very, very hilly and that was a deterrent. So there were a slew of things that happened. <laughs> well, here, here we are. And it is now almost, it, we're recording a little early. It's almost 2023. So I've had a good long hiatus 
<laughs> and I'm ready to get back to mm-hmm. it, I hope. And so I'm hoping my joints will work with me on that. But I did really love that in the past. It's not that I – I just – I really loved working toward a goal. I mean, exactly like the challenges. I'm very goal-driven. And so if I sign up for something that is hard enough to where I can't just walk out and do it – that works for me. And it makes me do the training, which otherwise I, I think I have trouble. I mean, this is ridiculous, but it goes with that work-life balance mentality. Like I have trouble making time and space for exercise. Like I always feel like I should be doing something else. And I feel like it's something that I want to make more space for in my life. And since I had my kids, it has been really hard for me to prioritize that. But my mental space is so much better. And my physical well-being is better. I just feel so much better when I'm taking care of myself through some kind of routine exercise. And I know that, but I just have struggled since the moment I became pregnant with my first child, you know, before also, but for sure from that moment, I really just had trouble with that. So I have a race in mind in May that I really want to do. And I did, I will say also that I did finally sign up for one. Jen knows this. I signed up for one in 2020. I was like, I'm doing it back to me. My body's mine. I'm going to, I'm going to get back to it. Good job, me. And that was in January of 2020. And then we all know that mm-hmm. I, I felt like I got two <laughs> awesome months where I was like, yes, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And then March came and everything uh, went awry and that's okay. But I just am like, well, here we are. And now it's 2023. <laughs> so it's time. It's time. So yeah, that's a non-bookish goal for me is just to find races that I want to participate in. There are a lot of them in our area since I'm living in a larger place now. So it should be easy to, to get back to that. And I'm excited for that. That works well for me. So, so yeah, (laughs) a little rambly, but there you go. (laughs) All right. Well, we hope that you are finding some challenges that you're excited to do this year. And we would love for you to join us for our unabridged pod reading challenge. And like Jen said in the beginning, the links in the show notes, but you can get to it from our website to go there directly. It's just unabridgedpod.com slash reading challenge 2023, all one word. And so you can get there and see what that challenge is. It's not too late later in the year to get started with it, but I know that it works well for me to get started pretty early on in the year with a challenge just so I don't feel too inundated later on. So um, thank you so much for listening. Do you have comments or opinions about what you heard today? We'd love to hear them. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at UnabridgedPod or on the web at unabridgedpod.com for ways to support us. To get more involved, you can sign up for our newsletter, join a buddy read, or become an ambassador. Thanks for listening to Unabridged.